Assalamu alaikum and welcome to our next episode of Um Talha Speaks in our second season discussing relationships in Islam. So this episode is entitled, My Husband Loves Another Woman and I Am Okay With That. So for those of you who are interested in a bit of drama, um, you can probably close the podcast now because this podcast actually is not about my husband being interested in another woman. This is in fact about a woman who was more important to him than even myself. And all of us have to accept that our husbands have a woman who is more important to him than us, and that's his mom. I've gotten loads of questions about what the relationship should be between us and our mother-in-laws. So inshallah, that's what this episode is about. Um, so if you are interested in learning about that, then stay tuned. So the first and most important thing to identify about our relationships as women and as wives with our mother-in-laws and with our husbands is to understand and accept that the relationship our husband has with us and the relationship our husband has with his mom is in fact two entirely different relationships. So many times issues that arise are because there's some sort of sense of competition for a husband's love in these two arenas. But the sooner everybody involved in the situation can identify that we're comparing apples and oranges by comparing the relationship a man has with his mother and the relationship a man has with his wife, the sooner everybody will fare out in a better situation. So as a wife coming into the situation 20, 25, 27, maybe even 30 years late, she needs to accept and understand that there's already an established relationship here and she's not looking to compete with that. She's not looking to challenge that. She's not looking to change that. She has an entirely different role with this man as his wife. What his mother offers him and has offered him for the entirety of his life, she's not interested in that. She's not interested in raising him. She's not interested in teaching him the way the world works. She's here to love him and to provide comfort for him and support him in his goals and be cared for by him. This is an entirely different relationship. The true relationship that's at play here and the most important relationship that's at play is the fact that this is his mother. Religiously, he is and will always be indebted to her. So as a wife, the best we can support our husband in fulfilling and satisfying and maintaining this relationship is to accept that he has obligations towards her and to accept and allow and encourage him to satisfy those obligations. So if we think about ourselves with our mothers and the way that we feel about our moms and how indebted we feel to her for everything that she's done, he's the exact same. This person carried him for nine months. This person went through the toils of childbirth with him. This person nursed him 
This person taught him how to walk. This person taught him how to speak, how to eat with a spoon, all the very basics of life. She's responsible for that. Everything that she nurtured into him and exposed him to and taught him so that he can now be the man that you chose to take as your husband, she had a massive role to play in that. So she has to be repaid for everything that she did for him. But this falls on his plate. The responsibility of maintaining the relationship between the husband and his mom is on the husband. So if she wants him to visit, he visits. If she wants him to eat dinner, he eats dinner. And this is something that us as wives need to support from the angle of ordering what's lawful and forbidding what's unlawful. This is a base rule in the religion of Islam that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made it compulsory on every Muslim to encourage every other Muslim to fulfill their obligations. So even as wives, this is something that is an obligation on us from a general role to encourage our husbands to maintain this extremely important tie that he has with his mother. But there are a few that are more relevant specifically as we talk about the relationship of a husband with his mom after he's gotten married. So just to give some context, usually nowadays in this society where we are in the West, we're finding that men are generally finding their own spouses, whether they've found us at university, they've found us through friends, they found us at work, whatever the case may be, it's not usually that his mom has brought forward a girl and he said, okay, yeah, that's fine. I'll go ahead and marry her. It's usually that there was some sort of courting process involved. There was some sort of convincing involved and he's settled on you. He has come to his parents and said, this is the girl that I want. This is the girl that I want to spend the rest of my life with. This is the girl that I want to have children with. She will bring you your grandchildren. This is a massive, massive weight that he's come with for you and somehow convinced his parents, whether that was a difficult convincing or an easy convincing, that this is actually the person that I want to bring into our family. Now, if it's the case that the parents aren't entirely over the moon about this decision, this is something that as his wife, you will have to continually throughout the course of the marriage show that he was right in making his decision. You don't want to embarrass your husband in that he put himself out there to his family, to his parents, to his community and said, this is the girl that I want to spend the rest of my life with. And then she doesn't treat his family well. She doesn't put effort in with his parents because marrying isn't necessarily something that he had to do. This is there are many verses in the Quran and a hadith of the Prophet that 
encourage the good treatment of the parents and specifically of the mother. He didn't have to marry you. It wasn't that he necessarily married you with this expectation that there was a huge amount of reward in this because it was you. When we compare that to the other situations and the stories that we hear in Islamic history, Ibn Umar narrates that a man came to the Prophet ﷺ seeking permission from the Prophet to fight in jihad, bearing in mind that fighting in jihad is extremely rewardable and the one who dies doing so is guaranteed paradise. So this reward is massive. This is known in the religion and guaranteed. The Prophet ﷺ asked him, are your parents alive? And the man said, yes. And the Prophet ﷺ said, through them is your jihad. Go home and spend your time with them and that will be your jihad. So through your parents, don't go to jihad. Don't come with us to the battle. You stay home with your parents and through that, you, inshallah, will gain a high status. This shows how much reward each of our husbands can get through maintaining a good relationship with his parents and with specifically his mom. In another narration of this hadith, it's mentioned that the man came to the Prophet ﷺ giving him allegiance and wanted to make the hijrah. And he mentioned to the Prophet ﷺ that I've left behind two crying parents. And the Prophet ﷺ said to him, go back to them and make them smile just as you made them cry. So none of us should ever find ourselves in a situation where we know that our husband has made his parents upset and we either encourage that or we stay quiet. In all situations, we should advise our husbands to maintain that relationship with his parents. Now, after establishing the importance of our husbands maintaining the relationships with their mothers, it is important, yes, to admit and accept that sometimes this can be a very trying relationship for the, for the wife who's now the daughter-in-law. And many times this happens because boundaries aren't put in place or because the husband hasn't really figured out how to navigate these two relationships. Now, there are a few issues religiously that will always rectify this situation. The first is knowing that namima or tailbearing or stirring up problems between two people is an enormous sin, regardless of who this happens by. So if it's the situation that issues are caused either within the marriage or within the relationship between your husband and his mom, because one person went to another passing he says and she says, this is haram. Any transfer of information with the purpose of causing problems between two Muslims is haram. So this is one issue, regardless of who that happens from. Another issue to bear in mind is within the marriage, there are many aspects 
that nobody else besides the husband and wife should have information of. Just because she's his mom doesn't necessitate her knowing everything that happens in the most intimate aspects of this house, of this relationship, of this marriage. The Prophet ﷺ mentions in the hadith, من حسن إسلام المرء تركه ما لا يعني That amongst the good traits of a person's Islam is for him to leave out what does not concern him. And what definitely does not concern any person are the most intimate aspects that happen within a marriage. That's not to be spoken about with your friends. That's not to be spoken about with your sisters. That's not to be spoken about with your own mother. And that's not to be spoken about with his mom. There are certain things that happen and probably most things that happen in a marriage are best to be kept within the marriage. And that's definitely a boundary that should be established very early in the marriage. And if it hasn't been established, it's perfectly fine for that to be established now that there are certain parts of this marriage that nobody needs to know about. And it's not to say that people's intentions are always malicious. If we think about most women when they raise their sons, they're concerned about his food. They're concerned about his clothes. They're concerned about these, these types of issues from when he was a small child. So the fact that now he's a husband and he's responsible for somebody else, that doesn't mean that she automatically stops thinking, did he eat today? But the details of what that food was, how much was it, where did it come from, it doesn't need to be. Because many times what she'll find is that she doesn't accept it. Whatever the standard is that the wife provides probably isn't to the same standard that his mom provides. And every wife can admit to that. Every wife can admit his mom's food is banging. So for her to hear, yeah, yeah, my wife made those really good ramen noodles last night. Those pot noodles were on point. She's not going to be interested in that. But that doesn't mean that she has to know. If he's eaten, alhamdulillah, he's eaten. Most times revealing more about the relationship than needs be will cause more problems than if a person were to conceal that. For newlyweds, the early stages of a marriage are usually the most firelit, where there's feelings of butterflies and sparks and just, I just want to spend every waking second with this person. So any kind of external involvement or any kind of external responsibility may feel like such a drag. We have to go to your mom's house again. We really have to go see that family just because they had a child. It, it can feel sometimes as though, why? What, why do we have to keep doing this? Why do we have to keep doing this? But each of us should remember that in maintaining a good relationship with our husband's mother and encouraging him to maintain a good relationship with his mother, firstly, 
we have to think about, inshallah, in 20 or 25 years, we're going to be in the same place. Our sons, if Allah has blessed us with sons, are going to come home with a girl that we have absolutely no idea who she is. And we will have to trust his judgment that actually this is a person that is good for him. Now, the only way that he is going to know how to maintain contact with us as his mother is by seeing what happened with us. What type of contact did we as his parents maintain with his grandparents? What type of contact did he as a small child growing up have with his grandparents? So it's not always about living in the moment right now. How does this affect me right this second? Sometimes we have to be more wise than that and think a little bit more ahead as to how will this play out in the future. And always bear in mind the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ where he mentioned that one of you is not a perfect believer. They will not reach the level of perfect iman until he loves for his Muslim brother or sister what he loves for himself. So if you love for you to be able to maintain good contact with your mother, then love the same for your husband. If you would love for your 25-year-old son to still come and visit you, to still come and spend time with you, to bring your grandchildren to your house, then do the same for other Muslims. And in following the rules of the religion is always success. When people find that they're following their own opinions and their own inclinations and their own whims is usually when problems arise. And the last thing for all of us to reflect on, if throughout this podcast we discussed the importance of encouraging our husbands to maintain a good tie with his mom, if we've maintained the importance of us putting an effort in to proving to her that yes, actually his choice to marry me was justified, we all should remember and think one day he's going to put her in the ground. He's going to bury the person who gave birth to him and gave everything for him. We want for him to be able to look at us and think, Alhamdulillah for my wife. We want him to come home that night and cry onto our shoulders. We don't want him to have any reason to look us in the face and say, because of you, I didn't visit my mom. Because of you, I didn't call my mom. Because of you, our children don't have a good relationship with my mom. We always should remember that in encouraging a person to fulfill their obligations is success. Even if that comes at the expense of our happiness, we correct our intentions for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and hope for the reward in this life. We hope to see 
the fruits of our good deeds in this life, but more importantly, we hope to see the fruits of our efforts in the hereafter. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us amongst those who are patient with hardships that we are faced with in this life, such that we see on the day of judgment the fruits of our efforts that we put in enduring those hardships. Walhamdulillah. We'd really like to hear from you, so don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Umtalha Speaks and send us across any message or feedback, um, any questions that you may have, so we can incorporate that into this podcast.